Hello and welcome to this podcast with Pastor Tony Paolo, recorded live at Restoration Church of Rhode Island. Enjoy today's message. Mark chapter 11. Got the Bible? Get your cup of coffee. I know you're probably in your pajamas, um, but uh, that's fun. Isn't that fun? So maybe we'll have pajama Sunday when we open this back up. <laughs> pajama Sunday. All right, Mark chapter 11. And if you hear laughing in the background, that's Sarah laughing at my jokes. Mark chapter 11, verse 1. And we're going to go from verse 1 to verse 10. Everybody ready? Thumbs up. Let's go. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt or a donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it back here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, say to them, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went out and found a colt outside in the street, tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus told them to, and people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Okay, I want you to kind of follow this picture with me now. Jesus, who's the king, the Messiah, we, I mean, most of them had Jesus the Messiah riding on a horse. Jesus is presenting himself not as the king riding on a horse, but he's presenting himself as a king riding on a donkey. See, and the key thing to process here is that Jesus didn't come to meet the expectations of the people. He came to take the expectations of heaven and put it on the people. So it's not, Jesus, you have to meet my expectations. No, we have to meet his. This is true relationship. Now, so he says to them in verse So verse 7, they brought the cult to Jesus and threw the cloaks over it, and he sat on it. Verse 8, many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches, palm branches, which is the tradition, right? They had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The famous triumphal entry of Christ is one of the few stories, not sure if you knew this, it's one of the few stories that's recorded in all four Gospels, right? Let's review. It's been a while. What are the four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So if we take this same story, which is, documented for us in Mark chapter 11. It's also documented in Matthew chapter 21, Luke chapter 19, and John chapter 12. So there's a specific application, though, that we're looking for today, right? The title of my message this morning is, Why is Life So Complicated? Life is complex, not because God makes it complex. Life is complex is because we make it complex, We have this certain image of how God should work in our lives. And when God doesn't meet that requirement or that expectation, it just jams us up, messes us up. But today we have a very specific application. And today 
We have churches all across the country that celebrate this day as a tradition, this beautiful occasion, by handing out palms, right? We're not handing out palms, so we're not in, uh, <laughs> in any, we're not breaking the law, we're handing out plants. It's different. So, um, so the, the key thing with a big tradition of today that church is handing out palms, and the problem with tradition is that too many churches focus on tradition but lack the transformation. We, think about it now for yourself, because this season, this shutdown has certainly challenged traditions. So if you have etched in your mind that things should be done a certain way, this shutdown of life has certainly challenged tradition. We have too many churches that celebrate tradition, but don't step into the realm of transformation. Traditions are nice, but they don't get you to heaven. Got to tell you, traditions are nice. Today's about looking about the principles in the story and finding, not tradition, is really finding transformation. See, after the shutdown and when, when, they resu- when everything's opened up again, um, tradition, I, I want you to question now tradition and to make sure there's eternal value and transformation to your traditions, especially if you're a senior pastor. It doesn't matter if you go to any kind of church. Catholic churches, Catholic churches are known for their traditions that offer very little value. Make sure that we are about transformation, not tradition. So we have this critical event, Palm Sunday, that was actually a fulfillment of numerous uh, prophecies in the Old Testament, especially Zechariah. Okay, this was an important question, uh, occasion, which is probably why all four Gospels record and register this story. So what, stand out, what stands out about this story is not just the fulfillment of what happened, but the people. These people really believed that Jesus was their Messiah. Hosanna, which is Hosanna, which is really the highest level of adoration. So Jesus is coming in on a donkey, and they're like, hmm, this, what I'm seeing does not match up with what I understand in my heart. So this is when life gets complicated. When we're trusting the Lord, what happens when what we dreamed does not play out exactly how we dreamed it. This, I, I've been in that place where I'm like, I'm a man of faith. This is going to happen this way. But if it happens a little different, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. At what point do we reject our own plans and go with God's? So the, what stands out about this story is the people really believe that this was their Messiah. Now, during this time um, in, in history, they tracked prophecy. They, they knew prophecy. They knew Old Testament prophecy. So in their minds, they said, this, this is the guy. Yeah, but he's riding on a donkey. Like, like look at him. I mean, I always pictured the Messiah as someone that's going to be super tall, super jacked. It's like... I know, but he's, this is who we got. All right, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David, Hosanna in the highest. The interesting part um, of this story is shortly after we read in Mark chapter 11 and Luke chapter 19 that they're saying Hosanna. And Luke chapter 23, verse 21, that same group of people who said Hosanna in the highest is the same group of people who shouted, crucify him. 
Same group of people now. Let's, let's pick this up. So we have same, I don't know how many people, hundreds, dozens. One day they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest with their palms. Several days later they're saying, crucify him. So the nature, as we read this story, right? The na- human nature, as we read this story, we look at these people with such disdain. It's like, how could they? But human nature is human nature. And humanity is the one thing that we see consistent throughout time. The same group of people, so finicky, so double-minded, so one day we feel good, another day we feel bad. I mean, I could wake up feeling great and then I turn the news on and I feel bad. That's how finicky humanity is. So unfortunately, though, the praise that the people lavished on Jesus was not because they recognized Jesus as their Savior. Let's track this now. They, they didn't praise, they didn't lavish praise on Jesus because they recognized him as a Savior of their sin. They welcomed him out of a desire for him to be their messianic deliverer. They wanted somebody to say, I'm the king and I will deliver you from the Roman tyranny that you're experiencing right now. So when we look at it, it, they weren't looking for a Messiah to save them from their sins. They were looking for a Messiah to save them from their context. They were not looking for someone that would save them out of their sinful condition. They were looking for someone that would save them out of their circumstance. They were like, I am uncomfortable, and I know the Messiah is supposed to save me from my sins, but I'm really looking for someone that could save me from my condition and my circumstance. So this is, the, this is, this is it right now, okay? So they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. All of a sudden, he's not meeting their expectations. So they go from Hosanna in the highest to saying, crucify this guy. Their welcome of Christ was more about political transformation than heart transformation. I mean, I'm I'm really blown away that we have this mindset. Let's be honest now. I'll worship you, Jesus, as long as what you do fits my narrative. I got a certain narrative of how things should turn out and if you don't meet that narrative i'm going to be disappointed and i'm going to change my whole storyline based on that disappointment some of you are right there right now some of you are angry at god oh pastor tony how do you know that because you tell me some of you are disappointed at god And you're stuck right there. And you've, some of you have stopped fellowship. Some of you have stopped going to church. Some of you have stopped praying. It's a terrible thing when you allow your disappointment to change your theology. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're like, mm, yeah, he's not saving me like I want to be saved. I mean, I know he's come to, for a heart transformation, but I really actually wanted him to come for political transformation. And because that didn't happen, I'm going to change my whole storyline. Everything changes. The, that's why the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're the ones that are up and down, up and down. So they hailed him as king, recognized him as the son of David who came in the name of the Lord. But when he failed in their expectations, they turned on him. 
Have you ever had somebody turn on you? Woo! Have you ever had a friend stab you in the back? Mm-hmm. I think we've all been there, done that, right? Somebody you knew that was like so close. Um, and I know some people change their whole uh, life approach because they've been stabbed in the back. I trust no one. That's a terrible message to run with. I trust no one. That's the message that I give my kids. Be suspicious of everyone. That's a terrible. Jesus was stabbed in the back. He was stabbed in the back by the people that were closest to him. He didn't change his story. He came and he was focused on mission. We're the ones that were constantly changing. Hosanna, Hosanna, crucify him. Well, why did that change? Well, because Jesus didn't come and do what I wanted him to do. How in the world can someone appear to be so dedicated to worshiping Christ and then all of a sudden have a change of heart? How is it that we can go from one allegiance to another so quickly? I mean, with the same tongue, right? James says, with the tongue we bless and curse. With the same mouth and same tongue, one day they worship, another day they curse. They, they honored him and then they dishonored him. Now, you know, te- we, we, are, we tend to, when we hear messages like this, oh, I would never do that. But it's really about the switching of allegiances based on what influenced us the most. And our major influence is self-preservation, is comfort, is making sure that we're comfortable. They wanted freedom from Roman tyranny. They wanted political transformation. When Jesus didn't give them political transformation, but he offered heart transformation, they turned on him. They wanted Jesus to come and do what they had in their minds. When, they, when that didn't happen, they changed their minds. God is good, not so good now. Our loyalties are often directed at prospects that offer promise, which means we, I'm going to choose a way that benefits me. This is humanity now. This is why life gets so complex, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> life gets complex. Why does, God, why does life get so confusing? The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Life gets so complex when I have a certain storyline that I think should be played out. The people praise Jesus. They, they shout at Hosanna because they thought Jesus would meet their expectation. But when he didn't, they changed their whole storyline, which means we live our lives pretty much for self. Humanity is a selfish group of people. Oh, Pastor Tony, I disagree. Have you been to the supermarket lately? All right. So I went to the Walmart in Seekonk, Massachusetts. Yes. 20 minutes from here. So I said, I'm passing through. Let's see if they got toilet paper. So it's still early in the morning, and they, ha- and they had um, a sign that said, limitations, two packages each. I grabbed the two. And I'm not saying this for myself, but man, there was people, um, I kind of felt bad, so I grabbed one. I says, I, 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 I got convicted because I was like, such a small thing, but now it's a big thing because I, I, I didn't want to be classified as that selfish person. I said, I'm going to just grab one. I'm just going to grab one. We live our lives based on self, egocentric, self, the, the, principle of self, the principle of self-preservation is so powerful. But yet, it did not affect Jesus the way it would affect 
us. So Jesus shows up on the scene, doesn't fulfill my expectations, doesn't fulfill my perspective. When we read in Luke chapter 7, we see John the Baptist, we read about John the Baptist in, in prison, and he wasn't even sure. He sends some guys down. He goes, hey, ask Jesus if he's the one or should we wait for another? Because his understanding, what he saw Jesus playing out did not match what he believed in our mind and in, in, in his own heart. So this is where we're at now, going back to the people that are disappoint, disappointed or even angry um, at God. Going back to you again. You're disappointed. You're angry at God. You've backed up. You've changed your song. You've changed your tune. You changed what was coming out of your mouth. You're not fully in. But the the problem with that approach is that if you are resistant to God's plans, you better have a better one. This is, we either, you either trust God or you don't. If you don't, Trust in God's plans, you have to come up with a better one. This is it. See, on any given day, God's, God's plans are always the best. This is, what, this is what we read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we believe, yes? What if, okay, we're talking about why is life so complex? Life is complex when we have God's plan and my plan in complete opposition. God's plan and my plan does not have to be in opposition. What you desire and what God desires does not have to be diametrically opposed. It can be one of the same. And this is why we read, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if God's version of how this turns out is completely different than your version? Or what if God's version of how this turns out is the same as your version? Life is complicated because I want my way, my version, my plan. I, I know I prayed for God's will, but man, mine looks better right now. I know I just said, Hosanna, Hosanna to, to the highest. Blessed is the son of, of, of David. But man, God is not coming through the way I thought. I was expecting a horse. He comes in on a donkey. I mean, and as the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They were like, he's only like 5'8". Why is he so thin? What is he wearing? He don't look like a king. Why is he wearing those old sandals? He, he does not conquer nations, but he conquers hearts and minds. This is what we have to grasp. God's version of how this turns out is far superior than your best plan on your best day. That is it. This is why we trust and we believe. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord. Come on, say it along with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You will be done on earth as it is happening in heaven. So Lord, let your will unfold the same way here as it would be unfolding in heaven let your will and your plan unfold on how about let your will be done on earth we're made of dirt right we're made of soil how about your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven let let it be let it mirror 
That's when miracles happen. Miracles happen when my life mirrors what, hap- what, God's, what God has intended for me. I want God's intentions instead of my own inventions. The own inventions of my mind is what gets me into trouble. Jesus, you say, Jesus, eh, God, I need you to rescue me. I need you to help me. I need a miracle. But what if he has his own version of the supernatural? And you are feeling that you are fighting the ways of God for your life. And it's literally draining the energy and the fire. And the, and the people, talk about energy. I could just imagine when the people were worshiping Jesus on that Palm Sunday, they felt the energy like Hosanna, we lift this guy up. We adore him. But that same energy turned into confusion, doubt, bitterness, a temptation to walk away. Life became very complicated. And any time I come against the ways of God for my life, it prevents covenant from being fully recognized and realized in my life. And this is why we walk by faith and not by sight. I was talking to my dad. He shared a scripture in 1 Corinthians saying exactly that. We walk by what we don't see, not by what they see. So that tension the people felt, that confusion the people experienced, that bitterness they felt was part of the process that enabled Jesus going to the cross. I know it was our sin that sent him to the cross, but I want to be able to be in agreement with God's plans. And God's plans are always best for your life. And when we remain true to principles that cause us to stray away from God's way, we contradict ourselves, we, conflict, we, we live in conflict with ourselves and we live in conflict with the plan of God for our lives. So I, I, am, I encourage you today to live by faith. That means that there's going to be some elements of life that you have no control over. <laughs> and then you have to be okay with that. Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Tony Palo version is, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm good. I'm good. Because I don't live my life by what I don't have. I live my life by what God, the almighty creator of my life has. So we're going to close in a song by Pastor Josiah and his team. And then we're going to come back and do a prayer. I want you to join them. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com.